0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I appreciate all of you hanging out with me. What do we do every single Tuesday? We react to the weekend that was in the NFL. And that is what we are about to do. On Monday, we react to college football. So if you're listening to me right now and you are a monster, let's say, uh, NFL fan, or you're a monster college fan, you don't care about the other one. Every Monday, college football reaction. Every Tuesday, NFL reaction. We also are doing a weekly show called The Fade with Kelly in Vegas at Kelly Stewart. We had a phenomenal, by we, I mean me, uh, weekend with the OutKick six-pack. Uh, I went five and a one. We now have got a winning record on the NFL for the year, uh, and as part of that, The Fade with Kelly will break down uh, the NFL and the college football gambling landscape and give you a sense uh, for everything Uh, that is taking place there. But this is where we react to everything. And I have to say, by way of reacting, to start off everything, Sunday's Ravens-Titans game in London was one of the most difficult games I have watched in some time because it was so laughably absurd. And I get, first of all, let's talk about the Ravens. Uh, The Ravens, Lamar Jackson played like Lamar Jackson usually does, made some plays with his feet, fairly accurate for most of the game. But all he really had to do, Titans defense is not awful, is stay out of the way and allow the Titans to screw up. Let me give you a couple of examples of total screw-ups in the first half. I'm big, and I even use sports, and when I talk to my boys, I talk to them in this way. I use sports as a way to learn life lessons. And I'm far from perfect. I still screw up all the time. But where I really get upset is when someone makes mental errors. And I mean mental errors in the context of, not like, hey, somebody ran a route and you jumped thinking it was a corner, Uh, it was a a curl route, and actually they're running uh, a, a fly pattern and they did a start and stop, quarterback pumped, you got beat, gave up a touchdown, right? I don't mean when you screw up and you screw up because somebody else does something better than you. That's life, that's competition. I mean when you screw up and it's your own individual acts that 100% cause the screw up. And there were three in particular in the first half that really frustrated me. Titans had a third down, and one, I believe, early in the first half. They brought in Petit Frere, who is a uh tackle. He lined up inaccurately. They threw a flag for not having, I think, enough men on the line of scrimmage. It's a legal procedure. Tennessee gained like fifteen yards on the play. There was no impact over the failure to align correctly. Uh, and instead of having a first and goal at the fifty. The Titans ended up going back, having an incompletion, and they weren't able to actually get to uh the uh to the line to game. They had to punt and they screwed everything up. Okay. So that was the first major failure of the uh of the day. Totally self-inflicted. You don't line up correctly, you give the other team the ball back, and you as a result uh, end a scoring chance. When well, if you have a first down at the fifty, it's probably a decent chance. I don't know what the analytics would sh- would show, but a first down at the fifty, you probably score at least half the time when you get the ball to the fifty, either a touchdown or a uh, or you gain uh, something else there. Um, so hold on a second. I'm getting a text from my wife. You never know when you're going to get uh, details about what you need to do. When you got three kids, you never know when uh, when the, the the schedule for picking up kids is going to change. So I had to address that. But so I'm talking about the failures. This is what I was saying. I was talking to my kids. One, you line up wrong, you cost yourself a first down. You probably cost yourself points. Two, uh, Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best players in the NFL. One of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Shoves Odell Beckham Jr. It's third and six. You're probably gonna hold uh the uh you're probably gonna hold the Ravens to a field goal. Third and six, relatively low percentage uh down close of conversion. I would say that favors the defense in that scenario. You shove Odell Beckham Jr. gets a fifteen yard penalty, first down, only touchdown that the Ravens score, I think the whole game happens on that drive. Again, totally self-inflicted. You're in a good spot, third and six. The error actually is fairly consequential. Worst of all, though, near the end of the first half, it's the final play of the half. The Titans send back a punt returner, literally going to end the half. He tries to fair catch it. If he lets the ball bounce, the half runs out. He tries to fair catch it. He fumbles it. Ravens recover. They kick a field goal. All this is really important because all of that was totally self-inflicted. The other team didn't do anything to cause it. And whether the punt returner recognized in his head, hey, there's no business of me fielding it or not, the coaches should have, right? Coaches should have said, hey, just let the ball bounce. Don't field it. Ravens have no timeout left. We have zero to gain from a fair catch. I would disagree with the decision if you weren't fair catching, but at least if you weren't fair catching, you would be thinking, hey, I'm going to try to return this for a touchdown. I think I have an opportunity to make a play. still think it's a low-risk reward when you're catching around the 10-yard line uh, or inside of your own 10, but even deciding to field it, I think there was one second left. Ravens run out, they kick a field goal. Those three points ended up being fairly substantial. Now Ryan Tannehill's injured. We'll see where we go from here. But if I'm the Titans, I go ahead and see if there's a market for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I see if there's a market for Derrick Henry. Uh, This team is not good. They don't have very much of a chance, I don't believe, of competing at a high level. Um, And now they're into their bye week. And then they go, I think they play Atlanta. And then they go on Thursday night to Pittsburgh. And I just feel like team's not very good. And so I think it's time to rebuild. Worse than that, Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. Your two backups are Malik Willis and Will Levis. Neither one of them is any good. Will Levis they traded up for at the very top of the second round. So he's nearly a first-round draft pick. And he can't even beat out Malik Willis. And Malik Willis is awful. That, my friends, is not a good sign going forward. So I'm very uh, disappointed in the decision-making of the Titans and not being able to put themselves into a better position. Uh, The Ravens, I think, are going to end up winning the NFC North, although we'll talk about the Bengals in a minute. They've kind of reversed their slide. Uh, Commanders, get the win over the Falcons. Falcons can't score. And I feel like the Falcons in general, are going to be going back into the draft soon because Desmond Ritter doesn't feel like the right quarterback. Uh, Washington, 3-3. Three and three. Um, And uh, up and down. Like I said, I'll be in D.C. Uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. And I went to college in D.C., so I'm used to hearing about the Redskins all the time. They'll probably always be the Redskins to me. Uh, but the Commanders get the win. Bengals? Went over the Seahawks. Offense is still not firing on all cylinders. Joe Burrow's not healthy. They only scored 17 points, but they've won two big games in a row. They beat Arizona. They beat the Seahawks. They're back to 3-3. and They're only a game out in terms of winning the AFC North. You feel like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase are going to get things fixed like they did last year. Now that they've won two in a row, it doesn't feel like they're riding off into the sunset. Uh, Jags-Colts. Jags, look, they're on a little bit of a roll. Um, I think it's fair to say they've won three games in a row. They won two in the, uh, England, and they come back home. They whip uh, the Colts pretty solidly. Uh, I know there's a little bit of concern about the health of uh, of uh, of Trevor Lawrence, um, but look, I think the Colts probably in the short term are better with Gardner Minshew than they would be with Anthony Richardson. Now, Anthony Richardson's ceiling is infinitely higher, uh, but. Look, I, I don't think anybody's going to run away uh, with the AFC South. I just don't think the teams are very good. I still think the Jags are the most likely team to end up winning the AFC South. Uh, but as we see with C.J. Stroud, we'll see how he grows, whether he can continue to get better. Texans, I think it's fair to say, are better than anybody anticipated that they would be. Um, and if you look at uh, at the Colts, again, with Gardner Minshew now, with uh, Jonathan Taylor back. I think they have a decent chance to be a 500-ish team. Dolphins, uh, look, the offense continues to dominate, and I think your MVP at this point in the season, if I were voting, I would vote for Tua uh, to be the MVP. Dolphins are 5-1. and one. They had one bad game against the Bills. They're going to, uh, I think the Dolphins are, that's going to be a battle all the way down the stretch, but I think they have a good chance to end up winning this division. Remember, Buffalo still has to come down to Miami. Uh, Their offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, the minute they traded for Tyreek Hill, I said they're going to have the best receiving tandem in the NFL. I still feel like they do. Uh, They have been performing at a high level, barring the one game uh, against uh, the Bengals where they got blown out. Vikings have fought their way back uh, to 2-4. and I don't know that anybody uh, believed that the Lions, who we'll talk about in a minute, was going to run away with the NFC North, uh, but the Bears are just an abject failure. You now got Justin Fields with an injured thumb. You got to go take Caleb Williams, right? If you're a Bears fan and you're sitting here and you're like, what are they, 1-14 in 14 over their last 15, Justin Fields may have a future somewhere else. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's in Chicago. Go ahead and start playing to win the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I would like that if my Titans who were sitting at 2-4, and four. if you told me right now, hey, they're going to go 2-15, and 15, but they're going to get uh, the opportunity to draft Drake May or Caleb Williams, I would sign off on that right now. That wouldn't even be a difficult choice for me uh, because I think getting the right quarterback is far more important than whatever awfulness might happen in one year. Browns, that defense is legit. Browns got the win over the 49ers even without uh, Deshaun Watson playing, which is <clears throat> kind of crazy. They held the 49ers to just 215 total yards, uh, just 3.9 yards per play. Brock Purdy looked the worst that he has, I think it's fair to say, since he became uh, the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Browns are sitting at 3-2, and two, and that AFC North race, everybody's pretty decent. So uh, so that one is going to be one to follow. I think it's not going to get decided at the very end of the year. Uh, Saints going up against the Texans, I mentioned earlier. Texans are better, I think, than most people think. Uh, Certainly, I don't believe anybody had the Texans going 3-3. and Uh, C.J. Stroud, two touchdown passes, finally threw an interception. He's the NFL Rookie of the Year. Saints, I know they scored, what, 34 on the road against the Patriots. I'm just not a believer in their offense. Um, Or that they're very good, candidly. I think the Texans are going to continue to get better. Uh, That's why I'm also... Of the opinion the Titans need to go get a new quarterback. Uh, Texans, congratulations. I don't think anybody saw you at three and three, and we got the battle of the Texas, by the way, happening in the uh in the ALCS now. Uh Raiders get the win over the Patriots. Here's my big take uh for the weekend of action in the NFL. The Patriots are now one and five, and they are awful with Mac Jones. But the bigger story to me is that the Patriots stunk until they got Tom Brady, and now they stink again. And Bill Belichick, this was one of the biggest sports arguments that anybody could have. I could have opened up the phone lines back in the day when I was doing sports talk radio every day for three hours. It's the middle of the summer. There's nothing going on. I could have opened up the phone lines, and I could have said, hey, what do you think is better, Belichick or Brady as it pertains to creating the dynasty in New England? And it would have been roughly 50-50. A lot of people thought Belichick made Brady as excellent as he was. Then Brady left, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, took the Bucs to three straight years of playoffs, and the Patriots have completely fallen apart. When he has a good quarterback, Bill Belichick was one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL. When he had the greatest quarterback, That's Bill Belichick becoming the greatest coach. Without a great quarterback, Bill Belichick's just an average NFL coach. Wins about half the time at best. Been arguing this for a long time. I was right. The quarterback matters way more than the coach in the NFL. And if Belichick had retired, he would have been in far better sort of performance-based analysis than he is. Um, I think you make a real argument. Whose star has dimmed more over the past two years, Russell Wilson or Bill Belichick? It's a good question. My son actually asked this because he's like, Russell Wilson probably would have been a Hall of Famer if he had gotten injured or just decided to retire instead of getting traded from Seattle to Denver. Belichick, if he had retired the year after Brady left, or even when Brady left, a lot of people would still be arguing that he is the greatest coach of all time. Because the Patriots still would have stunk even if Belichick wasn't there, except they would have stunk and people would have thought, well, if they still had Belichick, they never would have been this bad. I think what you're seeing is every NFL coach is only as good as the quarterback that he has. And Belichick is a perfect example of this. Raiders get the win. Uh, Congratulations to the Raiders. Lions. Lions are the story of the year in the NFC. My wife is from the Detroit area. Every time she talks to one of her relatives, all they can talk about is how good the Lions are. Lions guys have won one playoff game since the 1950s. The level of Lion futility is off the charts. Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, they don't just have the Lions now with a commanding lead in the NFC North and the possibility of being able to host a home playoff game at Ford Field. They also are reversing generations of football futility so far this year. I don't know that the Lions are going to be good enough to perform better than the Eagles. I don't know that they're good enough to perform better than the 49ers. But I think you have to be really, really ecstatic over what's going on. And if you happen to be a Michigan Wolverine fan, as well as a Detroit Lion fan, which there is a great deal of overlap for This is probably the greatest football season of your life because Michigan, I think, is the best team in college football. uh, And right now, the Lions look like one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, The Rams get the big win over the Cardinals. Uh, Sean Payton, or sorry, uh, 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 the, the Rams coach, Sean McVay, is saying that his wife's pregnant. He may have to bail at any moment. I don't think he had to bail during the game. Uh, but the Rams have gotten themselves uh, back to 3-3. Three and three, uh, And Arizona is where a lot of people expected that they would be when the season started, which is in the Caleb Williams and Drake May uh, uh, competition. Cardinals are 1-5. Only win has come against the Dallas Cowboys, who we'll talk about the Cowboys and uh, the, uh, and the Chargers game Monday night. I'm going in the order in which they were played. Jets beat the Eagles. Jets, if Ryan Tannehill hadn't gotten hurt, I could see an argument being made that the Jets, again, if if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt, Jets are a pretty good team. I think they would have a chance to make the playoffs. That defense is good. The playmakers on offense are good. Big win over the Eagles. Big come-from-behind win over the Eagles means there's no undefeated team left in the NFL right now. Eagles haven't played great. I wouldn't say. I know they're five and one, and five and one is always always outstanding. Uh, and then last night, Bills get the win over the Giants. I was watching. I thought it was pass interference. Final play of the game, Jerrod Taylor tries to go uh, and and make the pass to I think it was Darren Waller, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for the Giants. And I thought we had defensive pass interference from the Bills. Not a bad play by the Bills, by the way. When you're at the one what do you care? Give another half yard. Um, But I thought that uh, it was uh, defensive pass interference. I think the Giants should have had another chance. Now, look, uh, pass should have been caught on third down. Uh, Should have ended the game for the Bills. Josh Allen, I think it was the Dawson Knox, he got the drop. Uh, And then they pushed a field goal wide right, uh, the Bills did, uh, on 50-plus yards. So, the Bills really shouldn't have put themselves in the position. I know the way that the Giants finished the the first half. Giants are now 1-5. Uh, Bills get the win, come back to 4-2. and two. Bills have been very enigmatic, um, which is why I would say even though the Bills beat the Dolphins soundly, I would make the Dolphins the favorite in the NFC East. Um, and uh, by the way, I know I mentioned the Titans-Ravens game earlier. Can I just mention the Titans had a – First and goal at the five with a minute and 44 seconds left. And they managed to run, I don't know, like eight plays. They lost 15 yards. And on third down, they kicked a field goal. They still had to then potentially get the onside kick. Malik Willis wouldn't have mattered if they had gotten it. They would have gotten sacked. I think he got sacked like six times. So one of the worst first and goal scenarios that I've ever seen in the history of football, other than like a ball getting snapped over the quarterback's head and like the other team scoring, it's almost impossible to think you could almost never run nine plays as futilely as they did. In fact, I should just have a little bit of fun with this um, because it was tough to watch. I know it was an early game in London. A lot of you may not have seen it. Uh, The, the play by play in the fourth quarter, um, The Titans ran 10 plays for 55 yards, but they hit a huge gain um, from midfield on, uh, let's see, they gained like 50 yards. So they had a first and goal at the five with 146 left. Um, Then you get Malik Willis sacked, which is the one thing that you basically can't do. Um, you, uh, <laughs> you get sacked multiple times, um, but you have penalties called. You end up running one, two, three, four, five, six, six plays, um, and you go all the way back to the Baltimore 20-yard line and kick a field goal with 38 seconds left. That's hard to pull off. So you had a first and goal with 146 left and you somehow burn a minute and six seconds and lose 15 yards and have to kick a field goal on third down. Anyway, it was an abject failure. Uh, that Now let's dive into what we saw last night with the Cowboys uh, on the road against the Chargers. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. and I think I said this last week, like the Dallas Cowboys basically exist to give everybody who talks about sports for a living a fresh topic because they only seem to go in wildly bipolar di- uh, directions. Either they're the greatest team that's ever taken the field or they're the worst team that's ever taken the field. Uh, and last night, they found a way to get past the Chargers on the road. It's a huge win. Uh, the Chargers, I mean... In close games, don't ever seem to find a way to get the victory. You saw the uh, the Charger fan, the Asian uh, woman who was like kind of going crazy um, and with uh, glee, and then just falling completely apart when uh, when the Cowboys uh, won that game. Um, I, uh, I I don't know what to make of the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. Um, you know, you're obviously in a tough spot because Justin Herbert's going to be going against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West every year. Uh, the Broncos are a mess. Uh, the Raiders just feel middling. Uh, and so you wonder whether the Chargers are ever going to take that proverbial next step. And it just feels like with Brandon Staley, they aren't. But Cowboys are 4-2. four, four and two. They survived the fight again. I'm not sold on the Eagles at 5-1 and one as being head and shoulders above everybody else in the NFC East. I think that division is going to end up a little bit messy before all is said and done. But we shall see. That is week two. I'm uh, going to have up the uh, breakdowns. I got all my college football and all my NFL picks. They are up on Outkick. The fade with Kelly uh, in Vegas. Kelly Stewart is going to be up uh, later today as well, and we are hopefully going to make you all rich. And I might talk about the fact that I gave her a pretty good little whipping in fantasy football in our super high-end league. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to Bap.